We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the Hook'em Hoops podcast. My name is Jason Canander, joined by Tommy Yarish. Back at it for another episode as the conference play calendar in the Big 12 continues to roll along. Tommy, on Tuesday, the Longhorns fell at the hands of the Iowa State Cyclones on their home court, falling to one in four on their home court in conference play. Quite an ugly mark for the Longhorns. Let's hear some rapid fire thoughts on the game. Uh, well, number one, still just can't wrap my head around how Texas is worse at home than they are on the road in the toughest conference in college basketball. I think that's what makes Texas probably the most confusing team in the country right now, I would say, just because you never know what you're going to get on any given night. Um, the first half of basketball was probably one of, if not the ugliest first halves of any basketball I've ever seen in my entire life, professional, college, high school, little league, all of it. It was just terrible. Um, so to for Texas to be where they were in the second half, uh, I think was very telling of Dylan DeSue because the second half was basically Iowa State against Dylan DeSue. Um, and three, this West Virginia game is now a get-back game for Texas. It's It has to be, frankly, Jason, because if they keep mm. putting up performances like this and if they get demoralized like this, then um, we might be having to have some ugly conversations here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, you know, in the Iowa State game, Texas got off to a really rough start. That was their lowest scoring first half of this season with only 19 points in the first half. They trailed by 17 really dug themselves a little bit too much of a hole. And, yeah, it was Dylan DeSue against Iowa State in the second half, but Texas as a whole really did get it together. They were only out-rebounded by one. They had more assists than Iowa State. They actually had fewer turnovers than Iowa State. And so Texas played a very clean second half. It was just too little, too late. But for me, there was a lot more bad than good in this game, really all across the board. That was Max Aces' ugliest game is a long where he didn't get into a rhythm. Tyrese Hunter had no points in 33 minutes, shot 0 of 8 from the field, his worst game as a Longhorn as well. 
Kendall Weaver had a good game with seven rebounds. Quite a few of those were offensive rebounds down the stretch, but it wasn't the type of clean game that we've seen him play. He was kind of all over the place, led the team with four turnovers. And yeah, Dylan DeSue had a great game, but Texas only got nine points off the bench. And so we'll talk a little bit more about the bench here in a little bit. But for Texas, there are some warning signs in that game. The bench isn't getting going. And maybe these rhythms that it seemed like players were getting in, Dylan Mitchell and Tyrese Hunter and especially Max Acemas, you hope a poor performance like this doesn't halt the momentum, positive momentum that those guys have, Tommy. Do you think that there's any cause for concern? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed especially for Tyrese Hunter scoring no points on Tuesday against his former team. There's plenty of concern, Jason. I think the biggest reason why is what you just mentioned. Tyrese Hunter failed to score against a team that, frankly, this is probably a game that he had circled on his schedule. There's there's not a lot of love between Tyrese Hunter and Iowa State. So this is certainly a game that you would think that he wants to come out and play really well against his former team. And instead, he does the exact opposite. I mean, in the first half, he goes 0 for 6 from the field, 0 of 2 from 3. He, he had 7 assists, led the team with 7 assists, but... What what stands out to me from Tyrese Hunter in that game was down the stretch, it was a four-point game. Tyrese Hunter turns the ball over, kind of like he did in that Houston game. Late in Houston, went down and hit a bucket. Iowa State comes down and hits a three to make it a seven-point game, and that kind of just strung this game out of reach for Texas. And like you mentioned, Jason, this Texas team essentially has little to no depth. So they're relying on their starting lineup almost entirely to lead them to a win. And that's almost an impossible task to ask in any level of basketball, much less college when, you know, some guys need a rest like Dylan Nassoub probably needs a seat after willing Texas back into the game pretty much. And when one of your starters doesn't have it going like Tyrese Hunter didn't have it going, then that's really going to hold you back. And the fact that this was a five point game, I think is outstanding. I think Texas should have lost this by, 20 to be quite frankly with you jason i wouldn't have been surprised with that at all we were way off on our predictions on the last show i'll I'll be the first to admit that i was very wrong about how this game was going to go we were and that's a a tip of the cat to tj otzelberger uh his medium polo and the rest of the the cyclones team this is a really good team um and as long as otzelberger's wearing that polo i think they're going to be very good as well yeah, you talked about the lack of depth for texas and one area of concern for me is caden shedrick he's only played one game over 20 minutes on the court, and that was the Big 12 opener. So only one game in conference play where he's played more than 20 minutes. 
And it was well over a month ago. And so Caden Shedrick, he played 10 minutes against Iowa State, scored two points. They need his size. They need his scoring. He was a guy who was supposed to develop into a three-level score this year for Texas, and it just hasn't happened. And injuries could be part of that. Maybe he also doesn't quite fit into the lineup, but they need to be playing their best guys. And when you look at the team, Caden Shedrick is – on the top five or six most talented basketball players on the Texas roster. And by that metric, he should be playing more than 20 minutes a night if he's healthy enough. And if he's not healthy enough, they get Zarek Onyema back in there. Zarek Onyema has been completely removed from the rotation. That was a guy who showed some pretty good bursts in non-conference play of being able to attack the glass, finish inside, make hustle plays. Some of the little things that we don't see Texas do and so we focused on the lineup, and we've really only been focusing on the eight guys who play the most minutes. But I really think that Texas needs to reach a little bit deeper into its roster and start using Caden Shedrick a little more. Like I said, the asterisk there is if he's healthy. And pulls Eric Onyema off the bench as well. This is the Big 12. You have some teams like BYU's going 12 deep against you. And when you're playing eight guys a night, especially in higher altitude at the Marriott Center, hostile environment like you're gonna lose that's why ever since we started talking about that game I was sure that they were going to lose and so there's not much else for me to talk about with this Iowa State game it was ugly for about the first 75 percent of it Texas generally did a good job on defense I think their defense is coming around finally I mean they're managing to do a good job on the opposing team's top guards since Jamal Shedd lit Texas up a week and a half ago um, Taman Lipsy hit that dagger against Texas, but generally had a quiet night. And so Texas is doing a good job defensively, but Tommy, these players need to get into a rhythm. And so before we preview this Saturday's game against West Virginia, why don't we kind of like, what can Texas do to get Max A. Smith? DeSue's playing great basketball, but what can they do to get Max A. Smith back on track? And more importantly, Tyrese Hunter, Caden Shedrick, Ethel Horton, some of the guys who we just haven't had any reason to talk about for the past couple of weeks. How do they get them back on track? Well, it, it, it may sound like a dumb and simple answer, but I think the the answer is letting them get shots up and letting them try to see the ball go through the net. Because here's the thing, and if you look back at the Iowa State game, you'll see this almost every possession. Part of the reason why Max Asmus and Tyrese Hunter went scoreless in the first half was that Max Asmus was double and sometimes even triple teamed every offensive possession down the floor. He's getting so much attention because of how good of a scorer he is that everyone else is open and they have shots available. If Texas just moves the ball around a ball movement in that Iowa state game was not good whatsoever. And at times it hasn't been good this season because they've got shooters on the team and Tyrese Hunter, when he's got his shot going, it Horton can knock down the three ball if he, when he's going. So when you're in a slump like that, the only way to get out of it is just to keep shooting and eventually it's going to break. Now, are there growing pains with that? And could we see nights like we saw against Iowa State where they shoot 21% from three? Yes, but eventually you're going to turn the corner there. That's just how basketball works, right? It's it's always a game of runs. It's always a game of who's got the hot hand. You just got to find your hot hand on any given night. Again, it sounds simple, but Texas has all the pieces to do that. And we've we've seen it at times this year when Max Asmus explodes for 30 points. They ride him to victory and he gets him a win. Dylan Nassou was the one in this game. He couldn't bring him to a victory, but he comes out, has 28 total points, just completely takes over the game in the second half to take what would have been a blowout loss and make it only a five-point loss to a top 15 team. So 
for me, and I'm curious as to your thoughts on how to fix it as well, it's not only tapping into your bench a little bit more, maybe giving guys like Zarek Onyem and Chris Johnson some minutes to see what they can do just to mix things up and give opponents something new that they haven't seen on film, but also just letting your shooters try and get some confidence back. Because if you drain their confidence, then these issues aren't going to go away. Yeah, I agree with you that it's a bit of a manner of Texas's shooters just aren't getting looks that can get them into a rhythm. Like if you Horton in the early part of the season was hitting a lot of really nice transition threes, catch and shoot on the fast break. He was, he was lighting up the stat sheet and we just haven't seen him have those shot opportunities at all in conference play with the exception of the UCF game, which Texas lost. And so yeah, you need to get your shooters good looks. Like Tyrese Hunter needs to have a get-back game. Like we know that Max Ace is, is probably going to score 20 points against West Virginia at this rate. We know Dylan DeSue is also probably going to score 20 points. Let's get Tyrese Hunter some looks. Let's get him to build some confidence because Dylan DeSue and Max Ace are two of the best players in the Big 12. They should be able to be relied on to have great nights in the biggest games. Every game they don't need to be – the go-to guy for Texas to win. I'm old enough to remember when this roster was regarded as one that could be deep enough to have a different guy step up every night. Heck, that's how it was last season. Dylan DeSue at no point last year during the regular season was like the go-to guy. And Max Aismas has been the go-to guy for a part of Texas's season, like where they weren't great. And so I think the Texas should spread the ball around a little bit more. Like Dylan Mitchell has been growing a lot. Caden Shedrick needs more touches. Kendall Weaver has, you know, done right with the touches that he's had. So, yeah, I think that it's a matter of putting those players in a position where they can build confidence, have good games, have stat sheets that they're proud of in a game against West Virginia that, yeah, it's a get-back game. This team's bad. Like, they're one in six in quad one games. They won the transfer portal in April. And, like, none of those pieces fit. Bob Huggins got arrested and fired. The Josh Eilert's done done an okay job considering the circumstances, but really, Tommy, they should win this game on Saturday. There's no excuse to lose this game. If Texas wants to miss the NCAA tournament, there's a really easy way to do it, and it's you lose this game and you lose Oklahoma State game. Because right now, West Virginia is 143 in the net rankings. That would be Texas's lowest loss of the season. Cannot afford that. They cannot, cannot, cannot afford that. Let's hear some thoughts on the West Virginia game. What stands out to you? What are you concerned about? What are you looking forward to? What's the game plan for Texas here? Uh, well, another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The game plan is you already you just played your worst game of the season, so it can't get any worse, right? So right. if you go in with that mindset, I think you're allowing your guys to play free. You're allowing your guys to not overthink anything. You know, I think you know with that Iowa State game, maybe a little bit of the talk of okay, Texas is a tournament lock. They've got nothing to worry about the rest of the season, and that's a little bit of a wake up call. You know, so Texas still very firmly in the tournament, but they can very easily be out of it if they slip up. West Virginia has already beaten this Texas team. Granted, it was in Morgantown and it was only by three points, but a win is a win, Jason. And so that loss should still be lingering. I think for Rodney Terry's team, it's a game that they probably think that they should have won. And more than likely, they win that maybe eight or seven out of 10 times that they play. So you get them on your home court where you've struggled. You have a chance to get back in front of your home crowd and get a victory because the home court advantage has been there for the Longhorns. They just haven't been able to win this season for whatever reason <laughs> it may be. Um, but you have the opportunity in your own house now to to play this team and you got nothing to lose. So just play free. This is a game where I think Tyrese Hunter can have a bounce back game because his best play comes when he plays free, when he plays fast, when he gets to the bucket and he's attacking the rim. He hasn't really attacked the rim much at all. I think he's only shot like 10 free throws in the last five games or something like that. It was a lower end of his career. I read that somewhere, but um, when he's playing aggressive, when he's playing fast, he plays really well. And he quite frankly, Jason needs it at this point. So uh, I'm looking for Tyrese Hunter to try and bounce back a little bit in this West Virginia game. And then really for the Texas offense as a whole to just knock down some more shots and get those, some of those ugly shooting numbers out of the way from this last Tuesday. West Virginia is a bad defensive team. Like Texas should be able to light it up. Max Smith, like I said, should have a good game. Dylan DeSue should have a good game. Tyrese Hunter should, this should be his get back game. I mean, Kirk Reese is likely going to be on him. And Kirk Kreese is a notoriously bad defender, and he hasn't gotten any better this season. And so if I'm Tyrese Hunter, I'm licking my chops ahead of this game. The matchup down low intrigues me. West Virginia is finally, like, fully healthy, as healthy as they've been this season. And so it's going to be Jesse Edwards down low against Dylan DeSue. Jesse Edwards has had a pretty good year, fifth-year senior out of Syracuse. He was regarded as one of the top transfers in the portal. He's averaging two blocks a game, 15 points, nine rebounds. He's done a nice job since coming back from injury a couple of weeks ago. I just can't believe that the last time these two teams played, like Patrick Subnick scored 20-plus points. This guy's averaging four points per game. Like, it, it makes no sense to me. The game plan for Texas, this is the first time this season where they're playing an opponent for the second time, and they have their work cut out for them. Don't get beat the same way you got beat last time. You know, if Patrick Sumnick could go off for 20-plus, it worries me what Jesse Edwards can do. And hopefully Texas will be able to use their home court to their advantage. They're not going to be playing in Morgantown this time. But really with everyone eligible and everyone fully healthy for West Virginia, I fear that this could be sort of a trap game because it's a West Virginia team. Yeah, they don't defend well, 
but they do score the ball pretty well. Raekwon Battle and Kirk Kreisa and Edwards and Quinn Slazinski, those are all experienced guys who have, you know, scored at a high level on other teams, whether it be in the NCAA tournament or in high major basketball. Texas can't win a shootout. I, I, I don't think that they can win a shootout. The closest thing that they had to that this year was the TCU game. And I, I wouldn't bet on them winning very many games like that this season. Do you think that they're going to win very many shootouts? Uh, I, I, you would have to ask me and give me like first and second half stats up to that point, just because it seems like if Texas is shooting the ball really well, yeah, they can win shootouts because when Max Asmus is hot, it's hard for him to miss. When Tyrese Hunter is hot, it's hard for him to miss. But if they go through a stretch like they did against Iowa State where just nothing is falling and they still manage to keep it close like they did and they're looking for shots at the end, then I'm not as confident. So it's it's just another thing that goes back to my original point, how Texas is the most confusing team in the country or one of the most confusing teams in the country because there are days where they go in and look like they can win in a shootout and they can beat you in a shootout. And there are days where they look like I could go on the floor and probably have a better chance of hitting a shot than some of the other guys out there. So when you really don't know what you're going to get, it's, it's hard to answer those questions. But for right now, Jason, I would say no. They haven't shown anything this year that I would say solidifies them as being a team that down the stretch you can feel confident in if, if they go shot for shot. Yeah, I mean, that, that's my point. I don't think that they're going to be able to win this game if Raekwon Battle puts up 30 and Kirk Kreese has got 20-plus. And the scoring players on West Virginia are great. It's just every other team in the Big 12 tends to have the depth to match. Texas doesn't have the depth to match. Like, even though West Virginia is the worst team in the Big 12 by record and by rating, like, this still isn't, like, an awesome matchup. Like, the upset, so to speak, could be there. Now, as we move into our prediction segment, I'm still going to predict a Texas win. I think that this team is well coached. I think that the veterans have learned from some of their poor home losses this season. I hope at least, you know, Tommy, they can't have what happened in the early part of the conference play schedule happen where they lost this game to Texas Tech where they never led. They never had much of a rhythm sort of like this Iowa State game a couple of days ago. And then they have a subpar opponent come into the Moody Center and they just sleep on them. And the other team hits shots and goes on a run and Texas looks like they don't know how to respond and then they don't respond and they lose the game. And so I'm on somewhat of an upset alert here, maybe like a 7 to 7.5. Like I said, Texas should win this game. Like if this is a tournament team, they'll win this game. There you go. If they lose this game, they're going to they're not going to make the NCAA tournament. If they win this game i don't think that it means they'll make the ncaa tournament but like you know correlation is not causation with that but if they make the tournament you have to win this game easily like this is the easiest one remaining on the schedule even if the matchup's not great so i'm predicting a win i'm gonna go i'm gonna say it's gonna be closer than we think and then they'll stretch it out to 20 in the second half and they'll win by 15 to 20 i want to hear your thoughts now I think we're kind of on the same same mindset here, Jason. This is a should win, not a not a must win per se, but it's a should win yeah. for, for Texas. It's a must win if they want to get in the tournament, like you said. But uh, that you know, this to me is a test of whether or not Texas has learned their lessons from earlier in the season. You mentioned mm-hmm. those two ugly losses at the start of conference play, and then you know one of those losses being to West Virginia. Has Texas learned? how to bounce back and bounce back on their home turf. You mentioned this is the first team that Texas is playing for the second time this year. So they've seen it all from this team already. They know what they're going to get. 
West Virginia obviously has nothing to lose since they're sitting in, I believe, last or second to last place of the conference. So this should be a game where Ronnie Terry's crew comes ready to play and ready to get some momentum back on their home court. So I'm going Texas to win this one right around that 10 to 14 range uh, when it's all said and done. So before we get going here, let's kind of do a little roundup of some of the Big 12 games of recent note. The conference has been crazy. Every bracketologist has the Big 12 as the leading conference in terms of bids. You know, that doesn't necessarily surprise me or it shouldn't surprise you either. Like, I think we kind of saw this coming. But nine teams is a lot. And with Kansas State beating Kansas on Monday and Cincinnati lingering in the picture, if those two teams continue to win – and Texas wins the games that they're supposed to win, like the Big 12 could have 11 teams in the NCAA tournament. Like a sixth, close to a sixth of the field would be Big 12 teams, um, which is absolutely wild to me. Absolutely wild to me. Looking ahead to Texas's schedule, they face the two top teams in the conference within the next three games, the next four games, in Houston and Kansas, both on the road. Has your opinion changed on who the top team in the conference is? Because the last time we talked about this, I believe we both said it was Houston. And I'm going to say it's still Houston because I think Houston beats Kansas on their home court, just like Kansas beat them. And Houston's defense is really, really good. I love their guard combo. And I've just been, you know, the opposite of a Kansas truther this year. I don't think that this is a good Kansas team I think Hunter Dickinson's a liability defensively Dewan Harris can't score the ball and Kevin McCuller is a great player but I don't think that he is the type of you know lead option that can take over a game and win you a game in ways that Jalen Wilson would have last season for Kansas and so that's my take on the top of the conference I want to hear your thoughts on the whole Houston and Kansas conundrum and then we'll we'll go through a couple more of these teams yeah, I'm going to say that Houston still is the best team in this conference uh, just mm -hmm. because they haven't really shown us anything that says they wouldn't be. You could you could pick that Kansas game as something, but, you know, Kansas at home under Bill Self has always been elite no matter how they're doing. Um, and I think, you know, I don't remember the exact record, but when Bill Self is an underdog at home, he's only – I think he's only lost like once or he's undefeated. I don't remember what the statistic was. But he was an underdog in that game, and they beat Houston by double digits. So um, I'm not concerned about Houston at all. They're still a top dog in this conference in my eyes, and they're still a bona fide national championship contender in my opinion. So that that hasn't changed with me. But I do think that I'm a little bit higher on Kansas than some other folks um, just because I think when the tournament comes around, their veteran experience is, is going to step up for them, having a guy like Dickinson in there who's – been around the college landscape for a very long time. And even though he is a liability on defense, he's a very good interior scorer. And you're not going to really find too many guys across the board who can match up very well with him on the offensive side of the ball. So for those reasons, I think Kansas is still very legitimate. Um, and I've always been a, a Baylor guy. I think that Scott Drew's team, any Scott Drew team, I think is going to be very good. And in the tournament, too, he's he's won a national championship before. I think they've got the pieces to potentially win one, two very impressive freshmen and Missy and Walter. So Baylor's always great. But yeah, Houston, uh, Houston is still top dog for me, Jason. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Houston's still a top dog. There are a bunch of pretty big dogs in this conference, though. Right now, I'm not a big AP poll guy anymore, but... There are still six teams in the Big 12 who are ranked in the AP poll, including four in the top 14. And so those top 25 teams in order are Kansas, Houston, Baylor, Iowa State, BYU, and Texas Tech. So outside of those teams, the teams that you have in the tournament picture would be Oklahoma, TCU, Texas, Kansas State, Cincinnati. Of those teams... If you had to pick one to make the Sweet 16, who would it be? I'll answer it first. I'm not going to go with Ooh. Texas. I'm going to have to go with TCU because I really like the way that this team is structured. I love how it's kind of a different guy every night. I think they might have been exposed a little bit. Their guard play their guard play isn't as good as we thought it was um, when they played Texas. I just wasn't impressed by Avery Anderson and Jameer Nelson Jr. But those guys have really stepped up especially Jameer Nelson Jr. and Travion Tennyson have stepped up in their biggest games. And like, that's the March DNA that you love. And it's a team that shoots unbelievably well from three and they have the bigs to like match up well enough on paper with anyone. And so I'm going to go with TCU, but I really have my eyes on K-State too. I think that that win over Kansas was season changing for Jerome Tang's group. Tyler Perry is an awesome player to watch. I really hope we get to see him in the NCAA tournament. But for now, to answer my own question, I'm going to go with TCU. I'm really curious to hear what you have to say. You kind of stole it a little bit from me there at the end. I'm going Kansas State. I think that that Mm. win against Kansas was huge for their Mm. season because you think about what happened before that. Four straight losses, one of those coming to Oklahoma State by three points. So, they're just seemingly on a complete collapse and then they come out and beat Kansas in overtime. Jerome Tang is still somehow undefeated in overtime games. So he's got that clutch DNA. And I think that they have the roster, Jason, they've got the talent. You mentioned Tyler Perry. They got another good one, two punch at the guard position with Cam Carter alongside him. And then Arthur Kaluma down low for him playing really well too. So um, Jerome Tame, I think is Jerome Tang, excuse me, I think is one of the better head coaches in all of college basketball. You may not see it because he's at a place like Kansas State, so he may not have the roster at all times to you know flourish with that per se. But with what he does have, I think he's coaching very well, and I think he's going to coach well down the stretch because if that Kansas win lights a fire under Kansas State, then they could go on a run going into the tournament, just be one of the hotter teams in the country. And you and I both really like Tyler Perry from his game at North Texas. So now seeing him able to do that at Kansas State has been a lot of fun to watch. And hopefully this is a team that catches fire. I think they do. Yeah, I I like Kansas State as well, as I mentioned. I just think it's it's funny you alluded that he doesn't – Jerome Tang doesn't get the attention because he's at a place like Kansas State. They actually – like they didn't rush the court on Monday – 
because Jerome Tang's quote was, and this isn't word for word, but his quote was something along the lines of like, Duke and Kentucky don't ever storm the court. And we want to build that culture here. And I mean, it's going to take about three or four national championships to build that culture at Kansas state. But Hey, I like what Jerome Tang's doing. I'm not sure how much longer he's going to be at K-State. There are some rumblings that he could be on his way out after this year. But while he's still in the Big 12, still in the same conference as Texas, I really do enjoy watching him coach, watching the Wildcats play. And I think we're both hoping for that team to make a run, not at the expense of Texas, but to make a run into the final field of 68. That'll do it. That'll be it for us on today's episode of Hook'em Hoops. Be sure to subscribe if you love what you're hearing from us. Tommy and I will be back to talk about this game against West Virginia. Hopefully the Longhorns don't drop a bad one, but we'll be here to recap it regardless. Stay well, folks. We'll talk to you soon. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.